morning and good coffee. How's everybody doing today? This is Morning Coffee with Larry, and I'm glad you're here to join me. I have to admit, I had a surprise in my coffee cup this morning. I uh, decided I wasn't going to have tea. I was going to have some good, strong coffee, and uh, I didn't want to turn on the light in the kitchen. I had the little glowing light from the uh, Keurig coffee maker, and right next to it is a big glass jar container where all my little K-cups are, so I reach in and I just grab one at random, pop it in, and when it's done, I go, this smells different. And I take a sip, and there was a hot chocolate cup uh, that was in there, apparently near the bottom, which is where I'm at right now in my cups, and that was a nice, pleasant surprise. You know, sometimes it can be uh, kind of frightening when you, uh, you know, like you, you go to McDonald's or something and you order one soft drink and you go to take a sip and you find out it's a completely different one. Even if you like the other one, the, sh the, the shock of the taste. <laughs> There's nothing like taking a big gulp of Coke and finding out it's Dr. Pepper. I like Dr. Pepper, just not when I'm expecting Coke. It's like my mind has to be in a place to accept the Dr. Pepper where it just naturally is programmed for the Coke. But it was a nice, it was a nice taste this morning when I got the hot cocoa. Unfortunately, uh, I'm almost out of my hot cocoa already. That goes down a lot faster. So Anyway, good morning. I hope you're having a good day. And of course, we're going to celebrate because it's Friday. And uh, I always look forward to Fridays. And this evening, I'm going to be helping my daughter uh, move from one apartment to another uh, for her next year of college. She has a, a new roommate and Goodness, I guess that means we are getting closer and closer to summer being over. It has gone way too fast. Um, you know, it's like my job keeps getting in me, getting in my way of doing what I want to do, and, and the rain earlier got in the way. Uh, I'm just praying for a nice dry weekend. On oh goodness, what is what is the date for that? Uh, those of you out there that pray, give uh, give me some of your prayer time for the weekend of the 9th, 10th, and 11th, because I'm going to be renting a skid loader and uh, to uh, with a scoop on it, so I can move mass quantities of manure and uh, do some uh, uh, hauling of of rock, uh, fixing up a new, uh, well, reworking the the main goat feeding area. Uh, we're taking up all of our little concrete blocks on Friday uh, or even earlier in the week, and then um, we're going to uh, do a lot of scraping, getting things leveled off, putting in a lot of agricultural lime uh, as a base, then putting blocks back down again, uh, hopefully getting an area where it's easier for removal of manure. Uh, since I don't own a skid loader, it's just, you know, we have to do it by shovels uh, throughout the year. 
And then also looking at um, our garden is an absolute disaster this year because of the rain. Um, the only thing that has grown has been weeds that were hard to get out because of the, the muddy ground. So I am looking at moving a bunch of uh, topsoil that we had from the construction of the house. And we're going to be moving that over there to build up the uh, the garden so it's higher than the the rest of things. And hopefully that will allow us to um, have water drain off and not just settle in there. And, uh, and we will have a much better garden for next year. That is my hope. So I need to have good weather that weekend. So I need it dry. I need it dry <laughs> uh, to get that done. Oh, well, you know, in, in thinking about uh, things to cover today in our little daily conversation, um, I was thinking about yesterday and one of, I had a, a new counseling, uh, well, a, a new client that came in and we were talking about, you know, the, the basic issues or struggles. And one of the things that, um, you know, came to my mind as I was looking over was what is called in cognitive processing therapy, um, problematic thinking patterns. And um, there was there was a little story, a little joke that came across my Facebook feed. Uh, trying to see here. Let me pull that up. Uh, Joy McFarland, she had this on her page. And so a shout out to Joy saying thank you very much um, because it really, this little joke, this little um, funny, it really fits in with the idea of some of the, pro well, specifically one of the problematic thinking patterns. And so let me just kind of read over this joke and then uh, we'll kind of go over a little bit on the problematic thinking pattern. The story goes, Mildred, the church gossip and self-appointed monitor of, church, of the church's morals, kept sticking her nose into other people's business. Several people did not approve of her extracurricular activities, but feared her enough to maintain their silence. She made a mistake, however, when she accused George, a new member, <clears throat> of being an alcoholic after she saw his pickup truck parked in front of the town's only bar one afternoon. <clears throat> Excuse me, let me, got something in my throat. Okay, um, saw his old pickup truck parked in front of the town's only bar one afternoon. She emphatically told George and several others that everyone seeing it would know what he was doing. George, a man of few words, stared at her for a moment and just turned and walked away. He didn't explain, defend, or deny. He said nothing. Later that evening, George quietly parked his pickup in front of Mildred's house and left it there all night. <laughs> Way to go, George! <laughs> Yeah, um, Mildred had a tendency to jump to conclusions, didn't she? Yep, and rather than fight her, he was going to give her uh, 
uh, a taste of her own medicine and allow other people to jump to conclusions about her. That would she be able to defend? You see, there are patterns of thinking that we can easily get into that cause problems because there's not a lot of accuracy to those uh, to those patterns. It can lead to misinformation, misunderstanding. In the week, and in the uh, uh, program called cognitive processing therapy, which was uh, developed inside uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs in the uh, uh, treatment part uh, by. Uh, Oh, I'm trying to think of their names. I used to know it off the top of my head, but there were uh, three key therapists that put together this program for the treatment of post-traumatic stress. But it's very the, the tools are very effective for a lot of different uh, disorders. Uh, but the uh, one of the the parts of it is uh, examining patterns of problematic thinking. And there's seven that is that are included in the program. And guess what the first one is? Jumping to conclusions. And as I look at the worksheet, and I'll uh, I'll provide a link to this PDF of the worksheet just so you you have it if you want to kind of uh, use that as a tool for for helping yourself. It uh it, the first one says jumping to conclusions or predicting the future. And, you know, are there times when we jump to conclusions and it's not accurate, just like Mildred? Are there times when we're, you know, the belief that we have is really an inaccurate jump? The second one is when we look at the belief that we have, is it an exaggeration? Is it exaggerating? or minimizing a situation. You know, when we exaggerate something, we're taking it out of reality and we're making it bigger. When we minimize, we're also taking it out of reality and we're making it smaller. So are we blowing things out of proportion or shrinking their importance inappropriately? See, an important thing, if you're trying to determine if you have a belief that is, whether it's accurate or not, are you using certain problematic thinking patterns. This kind of gives you that rundown list. Number three, are you ignoring important parts of the situation? Are there things that occurred that you're leaving out? And why are you leaving it out? Why are you not focusing on the entire situation? You know, it's kind of like if you have a court case and, uh, you know, are there key parts of the situation that is being left out? Well, if it is, if it's being, you know, ignoring key things, then you don't have an accurate case against somebody. Let's say, for example, somebody is picked up and charged with a crime, and uh, they were in the area. Uh, they were uh, they were known to have done this kind of thing before. However, and, and so you, you, the case is based on that. However, the person drives a green car, and the person who 
reported the crime said that it was a person that was driving a red car. You know, if you leave out certain things, are you leaving out important parts, uh, you know, in the belief that you have about somebody or something? Number four is over... Oops, my scrolling isn't working. There we go. Oversimplifying things as just good or bad, right or wrong. You know, making it just uh, too simplified. The, the problem is a lot of things in life are complex. And if we take it down to just good or bad, right or wrong, A or B, it leaves out a lot of things in between. You remember the old Western TV shows that would be on, you know, the, um, oh, the Lone Ranger, uh, what was it, Pecos Bill, uh, uh, what was the... Was it not Gene Audrey? Anyway, those old cowboy shows that were popular in the late 50s and into the early 60s, you know, the, the good guys always wore the white hat. The bad guys always wore the black hat. You know, the, the good guys were always clean shaven. The bad guys always had a mustache, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, they're, they're, they're an oversimplification because... Even the good guys do bad things, and even the bad guys do good things. Uh, are we oversimplifying? Are you oversimplifying the situation so that it's not all, as accurate as it needs to be? The next, number five, is overgeneralizing from a single incident. Basically, it's like when something bad happens, it turns into this never-ending pattern. It's like it doesn't have an end. You see, every bad thing that happens has a beginning, a middle, and an end. I don't care what it is. A robbery has a beginning, a middle, and an end. A rape has a beginning, a middle, and an end. An assault has a beginning, a middle, and an end. A death, a person dying has a beginning, a middle, and an end. But, yes, there may be struggles that follow, but the actual situation itself had a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's how we deal with the end of it and whether or not we treat it as having an end that then allows a problem to go over its natural boundaries. It's an overgeneralizing of a pattern. Um, for example, um, there was uh, a person I worked with years ago and just to make the story simple, uh, she was uh, assaulted, uh, kidnapped, and raped by a person of a different race. Well, the problem was, even though it had ended, the, the, the assault, the rape, kidnapping ended, her view was that every one of that race was somebody who could rape her. And so anytime she saw somebody of that particular race, she kept believing that they were going to rape her and she had to get out of the situation. It was an overgeneralizing 
of an entire race of people, but it was tied to this extremely intense situation. And she was going off of the intensity of the emotion as a sign of truth, not the logical part of it that no one else over the course of her entire life ever tried to do what that original person did. So when we have overgeneralization, we're taking a single incident and we're expanding it outside of its boundaries. It's like for a lot of my Vietnam veterans, anybody that is Asian, they see as somebody who cannot be trusted. For a lot of my uh, younger veterans who have been to Iraq or Afghanistan, anybody who uh, who looks uh, looks or dresses in an Arab manner is untrustworthy, can't be trusted, because in a war zone, that was the case. But outside of a war zone, that's not necessarily the case. And it turns into this overgeneralization. Spending a lot of time on that one because that's probably the one that I see people having the most troubles with in, in my practice. Number six is mind reading. And this is when you assume that other people are thinking negatively about you when there's no definite evidence for this. For people who struggle with social phobia, this is probably their big one, is they assume that people are thinking negatively about them. And I guess my take on it is people have enough hangups of their own. They're not going to be that inclined to be worried about you. <laughs> Just, you know, the, we um, when we do that kind of, of mind reading thinking pattern, really what we're doing is we're projecting the thoughts we have about ourselves onto other people and in, in imagining that they're joining in with our own negative thinking. <laughs> the last one is emotional reasoning. And this is when we use our own emotional intensity as evidence that something is true. So if I have a strong emotion like fear about something, the stronger the emotion, the truer it is. If I have little emotion regarding something, then I may question whether or not it's true or not. But when something has a lot of emotion, that is my proof. And this is the struggle. If you're trying to help somebody and you're using logic to help them see that what they're believing is not accurate, they will reject, in most cases, your efforts at logic because the emotion is so strong, and that's their measuring stick. So if you find yourself, you know, using the measuring stick of emotion, then that that's going to be a, a problem you you really need to address and deal with, because it will it will make life a much harder struggle. So these person are these. Um, uh, patterns of problematic thinking. Again, they're jumping to conclusions, exaggerating or minimizing, ignoring important parts of the situation, oversimplifying things as good, bad, right, or wrong, overgeneralizing things from a single incident, mind reading 
where you think others are thinking negatively about you and using emotional reasoning. Okay, I will have a link to this so you can download it. It's a PDF. Um, what is it from? It's from music.edu. Huh, I don't know that website. I just did a quick search to see if I could find this available out there on the net. Uh, take a look at it. Think about it. See if you can identify a thinking pattern that you do that's causing you problems. And then maybe that's something that you can use as a way to improve your daily life. All right, folks, I think that may be it for today. So you have a great one today. You have a fantastic weekend. And we will see you next week right here for some Morning Coffee with Larry. Have a great day. Before you go, I just wanted to give a quick plug for another podcast that I record called the I Hate Anxiety Podcast. If you struggle with anxiety and would like some uh, information as well as practical suggestions and tips for dealing with anxiety, why don't you tune in for a listen? You can download it the same place where you download this podcast, the I Hate Anxiety Podcast. Have a great day.